Amen. Good evening, everybody. I say good evening to our neighbors with a smile. Good evening. Good evening, neighbor. How was work today? Was there traffic? <laughs> it's just like asking, are you living in Lagos? <laughs> or are you living in Lekki? <laughs> okay, so, <clears throat> you know, the subject of prayer got hold of us last week and, you know, hasn't pretty much let go of us. So we are still contemplating on, and sharing on the subject of prayer. So today is part two. And um, today we are looking at the mysteries of prayer. Last week, I mentioned in passing about how mysterious, how I have found prayer mysterious, you know. And, um, and so we are going to kind of pack that a little bit um, today. But before we um, dive into that, we had um, homework last week. Did... You do your homework. I did my homework. Let me see your hands up. I have a gift for you. Okay, one, two. Just two of them. Okay. Who? You did your homework. Okay, you, you already have the gift. I want to give anyway. So let me have the gift. Please come forward. Uh, three of you, you can always have... Uh, <clears throat> Let's clap for them now. These are super special stickers. They have stayed with me for a while, so I kind of suspect that um, they are anointed. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so I'm going to give you... And... And... Uh, let's clap for them now. Don't be jealous. Come on. <laughs> Next time you will do your own homework. You never know. What God will give you as a reward. So the opening question for today is, have you found prayer mysterious? Can you explain, please explain, how, how have you found prayer mysterious? In what, in what way? Um, who wants to go? Oh. We don't find prayer mysterious. We have very spiritual people. Hi. Okay, there's a, there's a hand there. There's another hand there. You know, when we pray, we just know what, what everything that is happening. There's another hand there. So we take the three. One, two, and three. Yes, please. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, in my early days, this sounds weird because I'm, I'm still young. But like when Your I early was... days. <laughs> <laughs> earlier. Earlier days. days. Yeah. Okay. Everybody has earlier days. Yeah. Um, when we pray, when... I was taught to pray. I didn't get to hear anything back. Right. So the first time it happened, it was very scary. Right. But like Samuel, I was taught to go back and say, oh, I'm listening, please talk. So that was mysterious for me. The fact that right. um, you can talk to some, someone you're not seeing and you can get direct link. So feedback. Be, yes. Yeah, that was absolutely. That mysterious for me. Instant feedback. It's still mysterious. It's still mysterious, yes. absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Let's clap for her. Um, okay. You and Pastor Lamde. You, okay, yeah. Praise Hello. God. Hallelujah. 
There was a certain time I, uh, I was actually asking God for something and I prayed for it and I, I actually did video. So the following day, somebody just called me and asked me, what is the thing I'm asking God for? I said, I, I was a little bit surprised. I said, for a big breakthrough. I left. She said she nodded and left. After a while, she called me back again. What particular thing that God is telling her something about me? So I was like, ah, would it be the prayer I prayed? I was surprised. I was so shocked that day. So it was like mysterious to me that how can I say prayer just last night and I was getting it feedback the following day. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Okay. Yes, please. Praise the Lord. Um, okay. Um, the mystery of prayers. Um, um, I'd like to say um, I used to have dreams and um, they would always come true. I have, I have dreams okay. and they come true. So, but then there was a period in my life I was saying, oh God, but you know, I've heard about, you know, and trances, you know, you're just in the, you're just praying, and then all of a sudden, so I used to wonder, open, you know, open vision, open vision, you know, what what that experience is like, and it's really, and it's something that really, really amazes me. I still can't explain how it happens. You are wide awake, and <laughs> you know, there's a lot of activities you're going seeing. on in the spiritual realm, and then you're seeing. Right. Can I share like something sure. that I, okay, like today when I was um, praying, this one was really amazing. When, when I came out of it, I was like, oh, wow. So I, w- I was praying um, this afternoon, and then all of a sudden, I was still wide awake. I was conscious of everything around me. Then all of a sudden, I saw, um, it was like a surgery going on, and then a particular eye was brought out, and whatever mess was obstructing the vision. The person, of course, the hand took it out and put back the eye inside the eye hole and it was just, everything just snapped back into shape just like that. And I was like, oh, wow. That was just an eye surgery that was just, you know, so it just still amazes me how that happens. It's mysterious. Amen. Totally, totally, totally mysterious. Okay. So let's just take an additional one then. We'll be good to go. <laughs> An additional one, please. <laughs> we have no. a lot of grounds to cover. Maybe no. later we'll take the two. Um, yes. Okay. Um, answered prayers always um, amazes me. Um, there are some, I think I'll share two experiences. In the office, um, sometimes when you find yourself in a crossroad and you don't know what to do. Okay, I don't know what to do. Um, I'll give you a, an example. It happens every time. I go into the restroom and somehow I cry in the restroom and then I read some, I say, I recite some 121. Exactly one hour or so after then, you know, it just comes out straight. Prepare this pack or go this route or do this thing or, you know, just exactly. And every time I do it like that, you know, it just 
um, brings so just basically sorts out um, that challenge I have. Amen. The the other the 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 other one is the one when you're in the place of prayers and you begin to begin to write down things, you know, and you know clearly it's the Holy Spirit that is telling you to write down those things. Uh, it always, always amazes me. Amen. Okay, let's clap for that contribution. So, um, two later on, if time permits, um, Revelations ten seven from the NRSV, Revelations ten seven says, but in the days when the seventh angel is to blow his trumpet, the mystery of God will be fulfilled as he announced to his servant, servant, the prophets. Until then, we are going to have to navigate our lives through the mysteries of God. It is in the comfortable mysteries of prayer that we have shared so far. But there are some uncomfortable mysteries of prayer that we are going to look at. Praise the name of the Lord. Until the final and the seventh angel sounds the trumpet and all the mysteries of God is unraveled before mankind we will have to learn how to navigate the mysteries of God. Some things are totally mysterious. Totally. But that's just how they are. Some things we won't get answers until we get to heaven. That is just the truth. If someone says to you he has all or she has all the answers, mm, just check as the seventh angel <laughs> blown the trumpet. So it is precisely because of the mysteries surrounding God that a lot of people do not want to pray. Because, you see, man always likes to be in control. But because God is mysterious and there's a lot of mysteries around him, and man can't control that, a lot of people, this God thing, you know. But... This mystery should actually draw us closer in search for answers. And these mysteries should actually make us to ask and we will receive. They should make us to seek and we will find. They should make us to knock and the doors will be opened. They should make us to pray. Proverbs 25, verse 2, says that is how God works, at least in this dispensation. It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. I mean, you and I are kings and priests. And the word of God says it is God's privilege to what? To hide things, to conceal things. There are things about your destiny that are hidden. And they are deliberately hidden. Until you search them out, they will remain hidden. 
And it is our privilege to search them out. The difference between two people rightly is, is the truth they've sought out. Probably about themselves, but their destiny about God. The truth they've sought out. So, we're going to look at a few mysteries of prayer. I think we have eight in the outline. Is that correct? Good. So, the first is this. Mysteriously, it seems that God will not act unless we pray. (laughs) Totally mysterious. It seems God will not act unless we pray. I mean, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the all-powerful God, kind of restricts himself. It appears that he restricts himself to our prayers. Can God act outside of our prayers? Of course. But in most cases, God will not act in spite of our prayers. In Genesis 23 to 7, God wanted to do something to um, heal and forgive and not consume Abimelech. Okay, let's just read it. But that night, God came to Abimelech in a dream and told him, you are a dead man. For that woman you have taken is already married. If you take a married woman, you're a dead man. But Abimelech had not slept with her yet. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? <laughs> Didn't Abraham tell me she's my sister? And she herself said, yes, is my brother. I acted in complete innocence. My hands are clean. Now, was he right? Yes. Did he practice case? Sometimes with God, you have to plead your case. We are going to see that. You know, the fact that, who, who said you are a dead man? God. Well, he said, Abba, you're a righteous God. Look at my hands. They are clean. This is what they told me. (laughs) So in the dream, God responded, Yes, I know you are innocent. That's why I kept you from sinning against me and why I did not let you touch her. Now return the woman to her husband and he will pray for you for he is a prophet. Then you will leave Ah, wait. I thought God just said he's an innocent man. And so his hands are clean and he will leave. But God says that because you have taken her in, even though you have not done it, you are going to die. The only way you will not die is let him pray for you. But if you don't return her, and by extension, if he doesn't pray for you, you can be sure that you and all your people you are finished. You will die. I mean, so <laughs> it appears that God wanted to do something. God says from a justice standpoint, this is correct. You are an innocent man. You will live. But for you to live, someone has to pray for you. Somebody that is in connection with me has to pray for you. It's huge. 
God could have resolved it with Abimelech. And it seems that God would not do anything until Abraham asked. So God seems to be limited to our prayers. This is truly mysterious. You have not because you ask not. Totally mysterious. Why would he be? How can the creator of the heavens and the earth be limited to the prayer of a mortal man? Now, because we know this, this should fire us up to pray, shouldn't it? This should fire us up to pray. That God is waiting on our prayer. Number two. Mysteriously, even though God knows everything, he still wants us to ask about what he already knows. Why would we tell God what he already knows? God already knows everything. God already knows everything. Something is about to happen. God already knows. But he wakes me up at 3 a.m. And he says, pray. So that this thing will not happen. I say, oh God, you already know this thing. And you already have the power to stop it. So why did stop me from sleeping? Let me sleep. You go and do what you have to do. <laughs> let me have my address. But he won't let me sleep. You need to pray. You need to pray for Lagbaja. You need to pray for this person. You need to pray for that person. I'm like, but if you already know, and you are God, why do I need to pray? Mystery, mysterious mystery of prayer. But again, of course, by God's grace, we have learned to just pray. To just pray. Sometimes I'm driving, God flashes someone in, in, in front of me, you pray for this person. I just pray. Now, if, if you were unschooled, you are like, why do you need me to pray for you to do what you want to do? You already want to do it. Why do you need me to pray? Uh, it's mysterious. When we get to heaven, I will ask. But until then, I will pray. <laughs> Matthew 6 verse 8 Matthew 6 8 says don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need before you ask so the point is if you already know what I need before I ask I'm going to dive deeper into these mysteries as we go on why do I need to pray because Luke 11, 11 to 13 says to us your father you fathers if your children ask for a fish do you give them a snake instead or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. You see, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit the best gift and other good gifts to those who ask him? So it seems that God seems to want us to come to present the things he already knows before he does them. What a mystery. What a mystery. 
That's mysterious. It is. It is. Number three. Mysteriously, God wants us to keep asking about the same thing. Even though we have already asked him before. I mean, <laughs> that can be mysteriously annoying sometimes. If you are not schooled. That God would have us keep asking about the same thing even though we have asked him before. But he still wants us to keep asking. You know, when we have GWDIA and we have we, we've started with prayers, let's even say the videos. Let's say you've not prayed anything until the videos. But after the third day of the video, should God not have heard everything you have to say? You should have heard now. So... <laughs> If he doesn't know our problem from the first day, he must know by the first third day. So why can't we just ask once and let everybody be fine? First Thessalonians five seventeen says to us, "Never stop praying." That word "praying" there means asking. Never stop asking. Never stop asking. Matthew seven seven that says. Ask and it shall be given unto you until it means it's in the present continuous. It says it actually means ask and keep on asking and it will be given unto you. You see, and it says seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened unto you. Knock and keep on knocking. Now, think about it. The, the, the concept of knocking is a concept of repetition. If you are in a room and you hear you won't be sure you heard something, right? You will wait. If it's a knock, it's going to be repeated. You know, <laughs> same thing. You know, in, in, in the, the best way I could explain it, knocking, knocking, knocking. So pray without ceasing. Never stop asking. So he, God, seems to want us to ask again and again. To present the things he already knows. What a mystery. What a mystery. Luke 18.1. Luke 18.1. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. And again, the word pray is ask and keep on asking. And the story he told was the story of a widow that went to a judge and said to the judge, avenge me of my adversaries. One prayer point. And the judge would not listen. Did the widow change the prayer point? The same prayer point. She kept praying. She kept asking. She kept pressing. She kept praying. She kept, and the judge said, ah, this woman is going to wear me out. Let me give her what she has to go. Go with your wallet and all that. And God is saying, if, if the unjust judge can Render justice. How much more me? So don't stop asking. Ah. 
It's a mystery, really. In this total mystery, people have attempted to explain this exhaustively, but I've, believe me, I've read different commentaries, I've listened to different expositions, a lot of light, but <laughs> it is still a mystery. Praise the name of the Lord. It is still a mystery. Ask and keep on asking. But we but I asked for this yesterday. Is it that God has not heard? No, God says keep asking. Why must he say I should keep asking when I've heard, I've asked and he has heard and he has the power to do? Many possible reasons. Many possible reasons. Hopefully, um, um, by the time we are done, you can, you can answer a few of those. Ask. But keep asking. Keep asking. It's a mystery. Accept it. That's how it is. Keep asking. Keep asking. But if I keep asking, does that mean I don't, doesn't that mean I don't have faith? Nope. It means you have faith. It means you have faith. You won't keep asking if you don't believe God will answer you. The fact that you believe God will answer you is what? It's faith. So keep on asking. Many times we give up on our dreams, not because God has given up on them. Many times we give up on the things we have asked for, not because God has given up on them. Sometimes we ask for something in year one. It doesn't get delivered until... Yeah, 20 maybe, or 18, or 15, or two, or year one, or simply months, or three months, or one week, or instantly. You read Psalm 121, boom. Answer comes from heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, I wish I can tell you that it's every prayer I pray that gets answered instantly. Anyone that tells you that is a big fat liar. I've had prayers answered instantly and God keeps doing that. And that is a miracle as we are going to see. It's a mystery. But I've had prayers where while I am working, I'm seeking out solutions, I still have to keep praying over and over. I may adjust the plan. I may change the direction of my navigation, but I still have to keep praying and praying and praying. Praise the Lord. So mystery number four. Mysteriously, while he wants us to keep on asking. It seems, it appears that he finds some repetitions worthless or vain. <laughs> Interesting. It's mysterious. While he expects us to keep asking, he finds some repetitions worthless 
and vain. Matthew 6, 7 to 8. Matthew 6, 7 to 8. It says, when you pray, don't babble. Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating the words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. So why do you ask over and over? Is there a contradiction in scriptures? Of course not. Of course not. It's a mystery. But I can, we can share some light on this just to help us. Even though it will never be exhaustive. If you put it back again from verse 7, 6, 7, yeah. It says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words. Their faith, they think they will... Um, it is, I don't want to repeat some funny words. It is the repetition of the words and the intensity of those words that brings their prayers. No, it is faith in God through Christ that results in answered prayers. So when we repeat our prayers, our hope is not in the power of our repetition. Our hope is in the existence of our God, our Father, that we are not going to give rest until we see what we want. Huge difference. So you can, I mean, that is big. It says, don't be like them, again, for your father knows exactly what you need before you ask. So we see that mysteriously, while he wants us to keep on asking, it appears that he finds some repetitions worthless. And vain. So the question is which of the prayers should we pray without ceasing? Because obviously it says you should pray without ceasing. Don't stop. Don't give up. And which is vain repetition? Because the KJV talks about vain repetition. That's in Matthew 6. It's a mystery. It's solvable to some extent. I've given you, shed some light, but it's a mystery. But what I can say is we will become experienced. That's the word. As we walk with God and we will know what to say and what not to say. We will become experienced as we work with God. You will, you will begin to pray a prayer and you will know that this one oh, is like, I have to stay there, roll up my sleeves and birth it. You pray some other prayers, you know that this one, I'm not even going to pray it again. It's done. 
How do you know the difference? Experience. The more you walk with God, the more you press into the spirit realm, the more advanced you become spiritually, the more you are able to tell the difference. So, just to help people that think that repetition is an issue because of the scripture in Matthew 6, the classic example is Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26. From verse 36, it says, Jesus went in with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here while I go there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Excuse me. He prayed that prayer. Not my will, but your will be done. For how long? For one hour. <laughs> one hour. I mean, I, I, I'll come back to you. Just keep it there. Years ago, <laughs> I, was, I went for a, a prayer meeting. It wasn't, it wasn't an open prayer meeting. It was my pastor at the time used to pray into Sunday. <clears throat> Saturday into Sunday. That's you know, that was his routine. And from the prayer room, he goes straight to preach, you know. So he called myself and a friend of mine, Wale, <laughs> in Finland now, to pray with him. Him and his wife. Well, him mainly. So we'll go to his house and we'll pray from nine till. 6 in the morning, 9 p.m., 6 in the morning. Now, the very first time I went to that, it called, we took one prayer point from 12 midnight to 3 a.m. I said, ah, ah, kilo day. <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, ah, what's the one prayer point? You know, <laughs> So it became a pattern, actually. So we'll go to his house. Sometimes we start late at 10, 11. But we'll pray till 6. We'll, we'll go to church. The guy just goes straight, preach the word. Everybody's... Every, we'll collapse after service. That's what we do. We just find one place and we collapse. You know? And <laughs> wake up in the evening. And that, I mean, used to be my routine to... Praise the Lord. So you, you had... One prayer Jesus prayed. One. For. One hour. He must have prayed in the spirit, obviously. And he must have repeated it, obviously. Because when you go on, it says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, and, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time. And prayed, my father, 
if this cup cannot be taken away, unless I drink it, your will be done. It's same prayer. He prayed it for one hour. He took a break. He went back, prayed it another hour. He took a break. If you continue reading it, he went back the third time, prayed the same prayer. And I'm sure you know it wasn't vain repetition. Absolutely not. So there's a place of burden in prayer that makes us go back to the prayer and attend to it and attend to it until we have broken through. By the time he came out the third time, he said, you can sleep now. It's done. I'm ready to face the cross. But until he broke through, he kept going back to the same prayer point, to the same prayer point, to the same prayer point. It's a mystery. Obviously, you're getting some light from that again. So the light, that light of burden, you know, the light of body, not just in the repetition. So the burden of, 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 of the labor, the pangs of labor. It's like a woman trying to give birth. Until you push through, you continue. I don't mean to sound like some Nigerian midwives that are insensitive, but that's how it is. Number five mysteriously it seems that some prayers need to be long while others need to be short it's a mystery we see the mystery the mysterious blend in Jesus' life Jesus has this mysterious blend he prayed long prayers he prayed short prayers When he was going to choose his disciples in Luke 6, 12 and 13, you can write it down, Luke 6, 12 and 13, he prayed all night. He prayed long prayer all night before he chose the 12. Jesus would go out in Mark 1, 35, Mark 1, 35, Jesus would go out and pray at dawn for a long period of time. Before daybreak, he will go and he will pray for a long period of time. Many times, for instance, in Matthew 4, 1 and 2, Matthew 4, 1 and 2, Jesus will go to the wilderness and pray for a long time. But we also see Jesus pray very short prayers. In John 11, 41 to 43, he said, Lazarus, Father, I thank you because you've always heard me. Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came back to life. Boom. Short prayer. To heal the sick, in Matthew 8, 13, he prayed short prayer. Healed. Right? To forgive the thief on the right side, in Luke 23:34 Your sins are okay no 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 no. When it says Father forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. Yeah. Short prayer and the sin of the Jewish people that nailed him to the cross were forgiven. Short prayer. So how do we know when to pray long prayers and when to pray short prayer? Again, experience 
the more you walk with God, the more you know the things you need to get out and sort out extensively and the things you need to step up and pray and it will happen instantly. But if you look at Jesus' life, it appears that he prayed long prayers in private and he prayed short prayers in public. Pray. A lot of very spiritual people pray long prayers in public and pray short prayers in private. If the longest time you pray is the time you come to church, something is wrong with that. Obviously. Jesus, from the example we gave, his long prayers are where? In private. His short prayers are where? Mostly in public. Number six. Mysteriously, it seems we can reason and negotiate with God. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It appears that we can actually change things. You see the story of Abimelech that we read earlier on. Abimelech negotiated his life with God and said, will you destroy an innocent man? I never touched the girl now. You can't, and by the way, they told me, the sister, I didn't know it was somebody else's wife. <laughs> he negotiated his life out of destruction. Isaiah 1, 18a, Isaiah 1, 18a, the word of God says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. The voice translation says, Come now and let us walk and talk. Let's walk this out. Isn't that beautiful? That God said to you, Family, come, let's take a walk. Let's sort this thing out. This thing that you think is a problem. Let me show you how it's a problem. Come, let's have a conversation. Isaiah 41, 21. Isaiah 41, 21. The word of God says, Set forth your case, says the Lord. Bring your proofs. Set the king of Jacob. Bring your strong argument. Another translation says, Set forth your case. Set forth your case. The prophet said to Ezekiah, is, is it King Ezekiah? That put your house in order. Is that Ezekiah? And he, he faced the war and he brought his own strong case to God. He brought his argument, says to God that, look, God, nobody dances like me in church. That was, I mean, I'm just trying to bring it home. He was saying, who will praise you like me? I praise you, Toritoro, from my heart. I dance recklessly before you. If you take me, the dead cannot praise you. God said, ah, mm-hmm. uh, you are talking sense. You are talking sense. <laughs> you know, it didn't mean that God could not have risen that out by himself. No. But how God is, is that he wants us to come and, and have a conversation and negotiate. And, and that's just how it is. 
There, I've, I've told you about cases where, I mean, the, the, this, this, so many things, even in church, you know, where we should not have taken possession. But we go and we'll negotiate and we'll change it. We'll change it. There are certain people, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, should I tell you these things? I'll tell you. There are certain things that some people would want to do, you know, and the Holy Spirit will tell me, and I will change it. I just change it. Now, Jacob had a dream. He saw the sun and the moon bow to him. Right? He saw his father and his mother then, the the wife of of, um, Israel. Bow. Did you hear what Israel said? Israel said, "Uh -uh, will I bow to you? If you read that story, everybody else bowed. It was only Israel that did not bow. He changed it. Because he was a patriarch. There are things that the enemy would want to do in this nation that if you have weight with God, you can change it. Change it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> there are things that, you know, why are you guys looking so sober? Are you scared? <laughs> Don't be. It's A levels. That's why, you see, if you are going to follow someone spiritually, you must trust the person's heart. If you can't trust the person's heart, don't follow the person. If you know that this person can lay down his life for you, follow the person. If you can't trust the person's heart, don't follow the person. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, folks, that, that's, and it goes across, across everything. I said to Christians, people come, say, oh, we want to pay their, they want to pay their tithes in God's favorite house. I said, but this is not your church. I said, go and pay your tithes in your church. So one man said to me, I have not seen a pastor that will say that. To me, the pastors like to collect tithe. I said, no, it's foolishness. Why would you pay your tithe in my church? In, this is not your house. This is not where you have been fed. Go and pay your tithe in your church. He says, ah, he doesn't trust his pastor. That, oh boy, yeah, ah, oh boy, yeah, ah. I said, I said, listen. <laughs> I said, you are there. <laughs> but you trust another person's pastor by God's grace. I said, ah, yeah, yes, yeah, you, we know you, we know you. I said, I'm sorry. Don't stay under a man you don't trust. 
I'm not telling him to come to God's very house. I'm just saying, whatever you have with him, go and sort it out. If you cannot live because they can change your destiny. Ah, enough said. Number. Oh. Okay, let's pause here. Let's pause here. Now, let me take questions. Do you have any question? <laughs> I see a lot of like. Okay, if you have a question, keep it. Let me just run through it. Then we'll take the questions afterwards. Number, number what? Number seven. Mysteriously, it seems that God answers prayers immediately. <laughs> it's mysterious. He answers prayers immediately. We've had a lot of um, examples of how God answers prayers immediately. Second Kings 20, 1 to 5. Ezekiah, immediately. Immediately God answered. Second Kings 18, 36 to 38. As Elijah said, let the God that answers by fire be God indeed. He says, my God, my God, you have heard. Hear me, oh, hear me, oh God. I've said this to the people. Let it be known that I didn't say it by myself. Send your fire. Boom, fire came. Praise the Lord. So God answers immediately. Number eight, mysteriously, it seems there can be a period between when God answers our prayers and when we receive the answers to the prayers. It's a mystery. Daniel 10, 1 to 2, then 12. 1 and 2 and 12. From the first day, if you go to verse 12, from the first day Daniel began to fast. He did a 21-day fast. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. But the man was there for 21 days, almost dying. He couldn't even get up. But when did God, when did God answer his prayers? The very first day. Now, in the case of Daniel, we, we can see, <laughs> hmm, we can see that Daniel, was hindered by spiritual forces. And that throws some light for us. But even like that is not complete because sometimes it's not spiritual forces. Praise the Lord. Do we have any questions? Let's put our hands together for the Lord. <laughs> I have, I have thrown, I have choked bone in people's mouths today. <laughs> so you, yeah, you grow, you grow strong. There's a, there's a hand there. Um, you grow strong in Jesus' name. Good evening, yeah. Pastor. Good um, evening. I, I know there are different dynamics to. Um, God saying something will happen and you praying to change it or the enemy saying something will happen and you praying to change it. 
But like in the case of Hezekiah, um, God was the one that told him, put your house in order for surely you will die. And he changed it. I read through that scripture to the end. The end thereof, for my, for my own sake, it wasn't better for Hezekiah. Because he even laid the groundwork for the Babylonians to come and, even though that was for the scripture. So is there a way to know the one that is better for you when God has said, this is what will happen? Because you have weight to him, you negotiate and change it. Well, if, if you, the best really is to be like Jesus, to say, nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. Jesus didn't have to go to the cross. He said it over and over and over again. I, I, I could have escaped this thing. I can call angels. I can throw up drama in this place and escape. But I've chosen to lay it down for the global good. Ezekiah obviously didn't know better. He felt, and many of us, many people think long life is always good. No. Let me tell you two stories. About one about a pastor and the other about some guy that is, is, is not a, wasn't a pastor. I don't think he's a pastor now. The pastor, they called him that someone in his church had died. And he went to the guy's house to pray. Now, and the guy came back to life. Now, the guy was now testifying in church. And he said that he didn't know he was dead. He didn't even know. He just, he, he was in heaven. And he says, the way he described the place was like too beautiful. It's like, ha. Ah. Then he saw the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said to him, you have to go back. And he said, he cannot lie, lie. Where is he going? <laughs> Where there is a, that is not going no. And Jesus says, look, you have to go. And he like opened a curtain for him to see what was going on. And he saw his pastor in his house. He heard his pastor's voice saying to God, I'm not releasing him. He has a young family. His boys are here. Who is going to train his children? And When he heard that, obviously he was broken because all he could think about was himself when he was in there. <laughs> you know? And boom, he was sent back. So that is one story. The other story is some guy that his brother passed on. And he told them to leave him that is coming. And he came, he drove everybody out. He said to God, this boy, this my brother, is coming back. I am not letting him go. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. After a while, he said, God told him, okay, I'll send him back, but I want you to guarantee his salvation. That we not backslide, we not denounce Jesus until he grows old and he dies. And he was like, how can I do that? How can you guarantee somebody's salvation? So God said, when you, if you can guarantee that, I'll send, send him back. And he was weak. He couldn't say anything. He knew he had to let it go. And he let it go. Now, what if he has insisted? 
And the guy had come back and, God forbid, becomes apostate. So, yes, it is not um, the end result of every intercession that we, that we know. So it is wise to find out what the end result would be before you lay claim. Praise the Lord. I mean, I've, I've showed, told you before, there was a church building, building that we were using as a church that the owner was, the, well, the daughter of the owner was really rude to me, to me and the pastors, you know. And at the time, I was really, I was much younger, like 10, 12, 13 years younger. And I was like, we are going to take this building for God. I told the pastors, well, don't worry, this place. And I prayed, 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 prayed. God said to me, I don't want to hear you about this thing again. I'm like, no, I'm not agreeing. And he now said to me, I will give you your own. I'm not going to give you this one. Shortly after, the church got the land miraculously. Then the mother of the girl came to me and said to me, years after, months after, not years, and said to me, she covenanted that place to God. Now, (laughs) I didn't know that that place was covenanted to God. But because that place was covenanted to God, I couldn't take it. Now, you could have been there banging your head, banging your head, but if you don't step back and listen, what is the Holy Spirit saying? He's saying, I'm not giving you. Then find somewhere else to go. So in the case of Ezekiah, yeah, you're right. It didn't end quite well, unfortunately. So he should have. While he taught us a very useful lesson, he should have gone. When God said he should go. <laughs> Thank you. Any other question? Okay, yes. Huh? Do you have a question? Okay, give him the little boy. So you said that someone who was fasting and was praying and praying for 21 days. I said that on the first day, God said he had already answered prayer. So it was just fasting for no reason. How do we know when that <laughs> So don't use that of me on the God Regain service fast of 2019. A pastor from the one God has answered me. I don't need to go 21 days. So basically, I think even from scriptures, we can tell that it was because he stayed in the place of prayer that he could get the result on the 21st day. Because if you had stopped praying, what would have happened to the warfare going on in the spiritual realm? It would drop. And the things would go back. Do you understand? Do you understand? Yeah. So, to stay in the place of prayer is indispensable. So, the lesson there is actually to stay in the place of prayer until you get the answer. Um, Thank you. It shows that you are listening. You know? 
our children. Let's clap for it's beautiful. Okay. Let's burn our hearts. Okay. Are you? Did you have a question? Okay, we take that question and we go. Yeah. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. Yeah, my question is uh, pertaining to Abraham's response. And that makes uh, the king take his wife. Mm. The Bible tells us clearly that all liars will go to hell. <laughs> is Abraham answered, <laughs> is he a lie? Is he permitted? <sighs> what do we learn from that? Thank you, sir. Mm. There are children here. The answer to that question. I pray the children understand it in Jesus' name and not use it on their parents. Okay, so um, technically Sarah was Abraham's sister. Technically. But that's not the issue. She was his wife and that was the most important thing at that point. So, did he lie? A lie is a lie. There's no other way to call it. Did God judge him for it? God even called him a prophet. And God did not say he's a lying prophet. (laughs) I gave the example of God forbid, if you're a man, you're home, you have a, uh, your, your wife is in the room with your daughter, and the armed robbers are about to go, and they say they want to rape someone, and there's no, you are the only man in this house, there's no woman that, that, are there women in this house, they ask you, and they are hiding upstairs, they can't see them, what would you say, sir? Please give him the mic, give him the mic, give him the mic. Before you start judging Abraham, <laughs> give him the mic. What would you say? <laughs> I would say no. You will say no. Uh, uh, how can you say no? <laughs> but you see, that's the situation Abraham found himself in. They would have... He fed for his life. He fed for our life. Is that the right, necessarily the right thing? Of course, you and I know that no, it's not. But the truth is, in a worse situation, you cannot expect me to be truthful to a criminal in a worse situation, a life and death situation. I'm looking at how to kill him. He's also looking at how to kill me. That's why, in the worst situation, death of another person on the other side is not counted to you as murder. Do you know that? It's not. However, because of how strong the blood of man is, it still is an issue with God. I hope that helps. Okay. Thank you very much. Let's bow down our hearts. Okay, let's put our hands together for the Lord. Let's bow down our hearts. As we bow down our heads. 
And let us just thank God for his kindness, his mercy. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we adore you. We reverence you. We give you praise. We give you glory, Lord. I want to pray for you. If you are here, you need to give your life to Jesus. You are not born again. You say, Father, I want to surrender to you. Yes, you. Pastor, pray with me today. Should I come forward? You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I'll pray, I'll pray with you. That is me. Put up your hand over your head quickly and we'll pray together. The rest of us, let's talk about what, pray about what we have heard. The mysteries of prayer. That is me. Put up, God bless you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well over your head. God bless you. There's a hand there. God bless you. Anybody else? That is me. Put up that hand. I'm going to pray with you shortly. Once you have the card, why don't you talk to God? Say to him, forgive me. Have mercy upon me. Cleanse me. I surrender to Jesus today. I surrender to Jesus today. I surrender to Jesus today. Oh, Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise and glory, Lord. Thank you for the daughter that you are drawing to yourself today. Thank you for everyone, perhaps online, that are surrendering to you today also. We ask that you breathe upon them, Lord. Change these lives. Let your name be glorified. Father, we pray for every one of us, Lord, that the mystery of prayer, the mysteries of prayer, we actually draw us into prayer and not away from you, O God. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.